are secrets hidden within the heavens that even I, the master of the mystic arts, am not privy to. Doctor Strange is but a mage, not some all-knowing deity. It be an uneventful day in my hope that was that the night would be the same. Alas, such good fortune was not to shine of me. I was in the midst of a late dinner when I first became aware of the approaching crisis. My name is Conrad, alongside outside my co-host Drew, and welcome to the 48th episode of Stranger by the Dozen, the podcast where we recap the adventures of Dr. Stephen Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts, six issues at a time. How you doing this week, Drew? I'm great, and I'm ready to discuss the love life of Thanos in excruciating detail. <laughs> That's right, we finally reached the summer of 1991, and with it, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, Drew. Oh, it's really exciting. I am super excited to talk about super awkward things. It's good, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the import, um, we've seen sort of these, um, standalone things before, though Doctor Strange actually hasn't really, or really hasn't been very involved with them. Like, you know, there was like Secret Wars 2, or even a Contest of Champions, which is sort of the first one that, 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 that there was of these sort of, um, big events based around limited run, uh, series. In this case, the Infinity Gauntlet that has sort of six issues. And and then as it was coming out, there'd be attached companion pieces and stuff like that. Um, most people who were who had side pieces would have like one or two, would have maybe one or two like uh, crossover issues. You know, there's like there's like a um, there's a cloak and dagger one that's like a prequel almost that sees uh, like sort of before the events of Infinity Gauntlet one, where Thanos is like carving his likeness into like planets, like just using the gauntlet to sort of graffito tag planets with his face. Um, and then yeah man go up to find some random moon and like really carve in a doyle rules man that's gonna show the universe yeah well in this case it's a in inhabited world because that's what uh thanos likes to do um yeah but you know a lot of other ones too like i think sleepwalker even had one and then various other things uh dr strange has one has six crossovers because um, he's a big part of just sort of linking things together we'll sort of see as we go through these how much or how little um of what happens in these Doctor Strange comics actually matters for um, the Infinity Gauntlet as a whole, I guess. But, um, you know, his involvement's enough to get, like, his own uh, section of the front panel or of the uh, of the front cover. You know, he's uh, there next yeah. to Gauntlet and stuff, which is pretty no, cool. He has, a, he has, like, a good, like a ninth of this co- like this front uh this book cover yeah and he's and he's going to be sort of doing like linking stuff between a bunch of different parts of the uh like like a bunch of different aspects of this infinity gauntlet story basically so you know it's uh it's fall 1991 or it's a summer 1991 drew just sort of yeah. imagine that um, okay, you know. I am imagining it. I am in the mindset. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot of storylines. Often they actually haven't had Lincoln comics like this. Like, I think the most recent one was the uh, Inferno storyline in the X-Men comics, which just took place in the pages of, like, X-Men and X-Force and New Mutants and stuff like that. But screw that. We're doing, we're, we're going big here as um the great Death, as the great Titan Thanos has been brought back to life by the personification of death and uh, is running amok, basically. So let's get started with it with uh, Infinity Gauntlet number one from July 1991. Uh, this story's called God. <laughs> and um, it's... Uh, 
it's written it's got a jim star starlin writer george Perez pencils uh joseph rubenstein with christopher tom with, with tom christopher inkers jack morelli letters Ma max shield and ian laughlin uh inkers craig anderson editor tom De tom defalco editor-in-chief and like I love wow. uh I love Thanos, all right, because <laughs> he's such a um like a high school nihilist, you know? Yeah. Like a kid who like lives in the suburbs. He's like a senior in high school. He just started he just discovered the cure. He's wearing black. <laughs> he's, he's wearing like, all black and he's basically saying he He's like on the nihil he's on the nihilist for beginner's path, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean is that it's very like like I don't want to go to church today, mom. And just so you know, there is no God. Like whoa. Yeah, what you think about that? <laughs> <Atheism>. <laughs> Which we really see a great example of it because apparently on a, a planetary hillscape, Thanos has written the word God in giant boulders. As uh, our buddy from last episode, Mephisto is like being nice, you know. Like saying how cool he is, and then he like just sort of makes a hand movement and destroys the word God, bro. Whoa, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Show them what's for. Now he's gonna go smoke cigarettes out behind the Seven Eleven. Oh man, he got some cloves and he's trying to get used to them. He keeps talking about how he's gonna move to New Orleans and be like near a cemetery and stuff. It's a real cool, dude. <laughs> Thanos is so lame. Oh my god, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, as you said in the beginning of this story, um, Doctor Strange is enjoying a late supper and just sort of, you know, floating in midair, looking over books and stuff like that, when suddenly there's a crashing noise and through the big Sanctum Sanctorum window comes flying the Silver Surfer! Oh, dang! He, he can barely speak. He's come to warn us. Thanos is coming! And what's cool here is that, you know, this is a scene of this sort of like a, a messenger from the sky warning, you know, falling through Doctor Strange's uh, window. I am so glad they were able to do this in the movie. I yeah. Mean, it wasn't with the Silver Surfer, but still, they were able to do this exact scene. Yeah, it's really just copied very closely for the Infinity War movie. And, you know, like... <laughs> There's a there's a lot of I feel like one of like it's certainly the elephant in the room right as you sort of talk about the Infinity Gauntlet and how uh, story and how it compares to the Infinity War uh, movie so you know like it's little hard to sort of compare things completely with uh, 28 27 years in in comparison but I feel like we, there's still a couple of things where we should definitely uh, mention things and yeah this is a real iconic image and a real cool opening to a story of just someone coming crashing through and warning up crashing through the ceiling and warning of a great danger and yeah it's yeah. really cool that they've continued it on um in in the movie um what's changed <laughs> Is that we now basically get um, a little bit of the Thanos backstory, which is sort of how he had died previously. Um, we didn't really cover it, but, you know, previously there was the story of, like, the death of Captain Marvel, for instance, um, where Captain Marvel's dying of cancer. And one of the things he does as he dies is sort of have a confrontation with a statue of the dead Thanos that sort of, you know, was his great enemy, but is now passed on and stuff like that. Um, you know, at this point, yeah. like, we sort of go to a big flashback of of uh, the personification of a of a death mistress death the personification of death not you know the uh, the the lame um marvel version of uh death from the sandman comics basically <laughs> <sighs> 
what a difference it could have been. But uh, her bringing Thanos back to life and then Thanos sort of putting a plan into action to acquire the uh, Infinity Stones. And it largely happens like off screen pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like it's just kind of boom. He has them all. Yeah, it, again, it's a big difference from um, from the movies where so much, where like, you know, I mean, obviously the fir- whole first Infinity War movie is mostly him getting the gems and stuff. With this yeah. one, he's got the gems, ex- you know, sort of, we're sort of in medias res of him having the gems, essentially. Um, as this is going on, as, as, as the Silver Surfer is telling Doctor Strange this, that Thanos is basically now all-powerful, um... <laughs> You know, just FYI, this guy's all powerful. Um, a uh, a band of losers, um, uh, drunk driving bank robbers, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Get into a car. There's a there's a two guys and a lady. Uh-huh. Um, there's a bunch of also I should say uh, uh, in jokes in the back here of to various guys like um like there's a big sign for um. Like a kung fu show, that's like a George Perez reference, and blah blah blah. But um, they get into this car and they drive off the side of a cliff. Whoa, bummer! Oh, geez. <laughs> Remember, kids, don't drink and drive or rob banks. I guess. Um, yeah. At the same time, we sort of the the, the Silver Surfer uh, tells a story of um of the Silver Surfer himself and a couple other guys being sort of destroyed by Thanos. Um, most notably, uh, uh, Drax the Destroyer's in there, but it's also, uh, Adam Warlock and, uh, Gamora and, uh, Pip the Troll and stuff. Um, and it's just, you know, they, they got taken up by the Soul Gem, uh, Silver Surfer eventually escaped, and now we're sort of with, uh, with the Silver Surfer sort of having escaped and warning everybody as, um... Mephisto, or sorry, as a Thanos with his wingman Mephisto tries to make good with Lady Death. Oh, it's not going well. <laughs> oh man, this is—it's just going to get more awkward from here. Like she like shows up and is basically like, "Hey, like you know," he shows up in a in Death's world and is like, "Hey, like you know, hey, I'm, hey, I'm back." Like, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I'm back, and I like totally destroyed some people in like a planet and stuff, and uh, uh. You, you, you think that's cool, right? FYI, I'm all powerful now. Um, you know, <laughs> no, nothing can stand before me. All gods at my feet, including you. But that's cool, right? So, uh, so you want you want to like want to go to the, the to the movie sometime, maybe? No, <laughs> or well, she just sort of turns away and walks off, basically, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, back at that car crash, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people that were killed in it come crawling back to life and um find out that they've and, and their bodies have been taken over by new um souls i guess a lot of like whoa what's going on we got these new bodies and they're weird uh which is odd i guess um, that's putting it lightly the uh the lady member of the group starts turning green because she's going to be gamora and stuff um or she was until we cut back to Doc to uh, to Thanos and Death, who's now gotten less skeletal, a little bit more ladylike, or you know whatever, having a human face and stuff. But um, basically, he's like yelling at her to like love him, and she's just kind of not talking to him and walking away as her uh, zombie, like you know, undead sort of manservant guy is basically saying like, "Hey, man, like." <laughs> 
One, I don't even know if death was that into you, but also she's really not going to be into you now that you're an all-powerful God being, you know? Because, like, you didn't want, you didn't like it when you were, like, when she held you in bondage, so why would she like it now that you're holding her in bondage, basically? Yeah, man, this is, at a certain point, just kind of like, you know, cut your losses and maybe move on. And no, just no way. that she's just not into you but you know thanos isn't going to listen to this at all i mean he doesn't understand it you know he's like like it's it's a really funny thing of like this undead guy basically saying like she doesn't like you and thanos's answer being like but i really like her like she's just not that into you bro (laughs) but i'm into her that can be enough (laughs) (laughs) You know, he he basically starts saying that, like, um, you know, like, there's some great stuff of, like, um, you know, Mistress Mistress Death is nothing more than your love slave. That was a position you chafed in. Why should she find this success any less stifling? It's like, but she is the keeper of my heart. My love is worship. Oh, go write her some poetry already. Jesus. Well, why write poetry when instead you can, like, snap your fingers and make a giant death shrine to her, Drew, right in the middle of space? It's pretty oh, cool. It's covered in skulls, too, man. Heavy skull motif. It's got pictures of a, of Mistress... It's got a giant skull statues of Mistress Death with, um, in both her uh, lady face and her skull face visages. Um... <laughs> And, hey, two sweet thrones right in the middle of it. One for him and one for you. We can sit side by side or our domain is the universe. Oh, this is so painfully awkward. Death is not stoked by this. Um, <laughs> at which point... Uh, Than- or at which point Mephisto shows up and again, ultimate wingman Mephisto trying to, uh, to help Thanos work through this stuff. And it's kind of, he's trying to break things. He's trying to, cause like Mephisto, you know, literal demon for a long time was actually Satan in the Marvel universe, literally called Satan. Um, and so his, adv- so he's got very Satan-esque wingman advice, which is like, dude, she probably doesn't like you because you're not evil enough. Could you be more evil? And yeah, man, just like ramp up the evil a little bit, like just a scooch. And Thanos is like, "Of course, you're right. My evilness. I always forget about that." And so he summons forth the uh, tortured and disfigured body of his great, of his quote unquote greatest creation, his granddaughter Nebula, um, not a foster daughter in this case. Um, who he's just kind of got as like a desiccated zombie floating in midair, being all messed up, covered in boils and grossness. Um, you know, neither consciousness or true death as she relives, uh, continuous horror and agony. You know, oh, living. <laughs> buddy, buddy. Oh my God. She no. is my living tribute to the blasphemy of life and the glorious promise of death. And Isn't you know, that so dark, you know, man. Yeah, <laughs> don't you like it? And um, death, like so many people, uh, pre- presented with a love offering of a, a tortured uh, semi corpse, uh, just sort of turns <laughs> around and walks away without saying anything. Um, at which point, her again, he's, she, she's got this uh, zombie uh, com- uh, mouthpiece basically, who basically says that, uh, like. <laughs> 
It's pretty cool. Uh, Mistress Death finds your boasts empty and your bravado distasteful. At which oh, point... what a burn! <laughs> super burn. At which point Thanos just explodes him with his eyes. <laughs> like, I don't know how much, you know... There needs to be more eye explosion. I think we can all agree with that. Um, this guy, yeah, just totally gone. Um, at which point Mephisto come brings up his second point for the evilness, which is, um, hey, like when you were brought back, didn't she want you to kill half the universe? He's like, oh yeah. Oh, I guess I haven't done that. Fair dues. All right, I guess I'll just go ahead and get along with killing half the universe already. Let's. At at which point, just sort of as an app again, as a as an afterthought to impress a girl, I mean, or a lady, a lady who is definitely the human embodiment of um of the concept of death, but a lady nonetheless. (laughs) Thanos does the old does the old finger snap, you know. Let's. Let's take us. Let's take a hot minute and talk about the differences between. Mis- yeah, like listen. Misguided, uh, I watched a. I watched uh, a three-hour movie that was all about everything, everyone desperately fighting across the world, across space and time to stop that finger snap. Let, let's <laughs> let's talk about like you know misguided altruism versus trying to impress a girl. Oh yeah, no, I mean. It's such a big. It's such. I think it's such a great change, honestly, for Infinity War. Um, the move from um, of Thanos um, to being this like guy who has altruistic reasons, but has decided, but has gone, but has been driven mad by them, and thus has you know does this mass murder in the name of a greater good is such a better like reason for a villain to do something it's a way better take. and all this oh stuff then just sort of like yeah listen you know but these ladies <laughs> there's like there's this girl i really like and i want to impress her so i'm gonna kill half yeah. the universe like like wiping half like wiping out half the universe is just like buying a uh, a diamond tennis bracelet or something like, like that you know like bro it's <laughs> This like, isn't gonna get you what you want. It's much, yeah. It's definitely this isn't the kind of setup that makes the kind of uh, that uh, launches a thousand Thanos's right T-shirts. That's all I'll say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this leads us to the effects of that finger snap. We uh, pop in on our friendly neighborhood wall crawler, actually feeling okay at this point, which is nice. <laughs> swinging through um yeah that's right yeah he's he's definitely feeling pretty good mr stark exactly he's swinging through other people are not though he's swinging through new york and suddenly just half the half everybody just kind of disappears you know people's buddies baby out of a stroller tons of people are feeling it you know um peter parker of course as uh immediately starts booking back to his apartment to see what happened to see if a mary jane's okay you know um we cut to Captain America walking through um, Avengers HQ. Now a tasteful uh, giant A um, structure, which is pretty nice. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's like a giant A mansion. So you know, it's like A. The Avengers. Hey, <laughs> he uh, he bumps into a command room with a uh, Hawkeye who's visiting from the West Coast and uh, Cersei, who I don't know anything about, but I decided not to uh, do any research for Drew because both of them immediately disappear from the snap. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so Captain America's alone in, in, in Avengers HQ as a whole bunch of people disappear. We go to the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. satellite, which is pretty awesome. Um, and they're just sort of getting reports in from around the world of people uh, being distru- of people disappearing. Seems like the president's okay, at least. Um, but, you know, Nick Fury's kind of up there just basically being like, oh, yeah, things are bad. And they're going to get worse. You know, we we cut again to, you know, at this point, we're just sort of seeing all of our future team members sort of in the early stages of it. You know, we're at uh, Smile and Stan's Bar and Grill. The, presumably there's Excelsior Burgers as we see uh, the Hulk uh, drinking a beer and just sort of being moody over the uh, over the news. This is a uh, this is a smart green Hulk, Drew. Yeah, like, with his uh, ultra ultra uh, deep neck shirt that he's wearing. I mean, I think it's a jumpsuit. Uh, he's, he's got sure, a, okay. Cause, cause I mean, the, whatever you want to do, buddy. Yeah, because the shirt's the same color as the pants. Um, All right, it's very tight. And, um, yeah, it's sort of open. It's, it's not even like a V. It's like a U that just kind of ends at his belt, basically. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is a Bruce Banner and the Hulk have merged. Um, so it's sort of an intelligent Hulk, basically. Um, we go through space. We see, like, the scrolls blaming the Kree, of course. Uh, uh-huh. we're, uh, the, at, and back at the sanctum, uh, the surfer can feel all this happening, and even uh, Wong disappears. No, oh no, Wong doesn't feel so good. Now, oh no, now it's personal, buddy. <laughs> um, on a, on Saturn, which is where Thanos is from, FYI. Um, we see um, a whole bunch of folks, especially Star Fox, who is uh, Thanos' brother, and I, and to my mind, um, criminally missing from uh, from Infinity from, from the Infinity War movie. I'd love to see a, a real Star Fox, I guess. Um, yeah, they really didn't explore the the Titans all that yeah. much. I mean, you know, there's like. I feel well. I mean, so much of the family stuff for Thanos in the movies are taken up by Thanos and Gamora that I feel like have you know, it's true that having a lot of extra characters in there would sort of uh, comp with would muddy things a little bit of just having a couple other new family dynamics to add to the Thanos Gamora one. But you right, know, but they just kind of, they more or less like you know did like a hand waving thing with that whole thing. It basically said Thanos is the last surviving Titan. Yeah, I would have liked to see like sort of there be like just sort of even just like a throwaway hand character that's star fox or something but we basically yeah so we see like um what these guys they're watching alf which i appreciate on uh on on uh, the moon of on saturn's moon, moon of titan when yeah. um the snap hits and probably most importantly a uh, mentor who is both star fox's and thanos's dad um disappear is among the disappeared um, we also get some uh, get some Drax action in here. Um, in in, uh, in the comics at this point, Drax is sort of a Hulk. Like he speaks in slightly more complete sentences than a traditional Hulk, but he's still like you know green and purple and uh, easily made angry and violent sort of character. You know. And very um, simple speech. Very, very simple speech. Oh, yes. Um, so, you know, yeah, so basically reports from all over the galaxy are coming in. Everybody's dying. Who could have done it? Thanos. 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 <laughs> uh, meanwhile, at the, uh, at the motel that the uh, three dead people have gone to, <laughs> they're, like, taking showers and stuff. Um, the uh, green lady is among the disappeared and... One of the guys has become some sort of cocoon thing on the bed in standard, huh. standard Adam Warlock fashion. Oh, yes. Right. 
And uh, with that sort of cliffhanger thing, that's basically how we end this, the, uh, the first issue of the Infinity Gauntlet, Drew. Real fun stuff. Just uh, casting around these different characters. We're starting to see the effects of this of the big snap and stuff like that. Real, real good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. Re- yeah, it should be real good. So let's uh, let's go a little bit more in depth with some stuff and talk about uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number thirty-one, also from July nineteen ninety-one. Uh, you know, this one is uh, to stop the Silver Surfer, and it's officially a uh, Infinity Gauntlet crossover. You know, um, this one takes place. Sorry, so I should say. Um, it's a gauntlet hurled. Roy and Dan Thomas writers, Tony DeZuniga guest artist, Rick Parker letterer, George Russo's colorist, Mike Rockwitz editor, Tom DeFalco editor in chief. And this thing takes place within the pages of um, Infinity Gauntlet One, basically. Yeah. Um, like it basically picks up right after uh, the surfer comes crashing through Doctor Strange's uh, roof. Exactly. Um, we see, yeah, so Doctor Strange is standing over the body of the surfer and is like real worried because what could mess up, because what could mess with the surfer? He's so powerful. Meanwhile, just to kind of keep things l- nice and light, uh, Rintra shows up in full Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, like, you're tearing me apart, which is pretty good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Doctor Strange kicks uh, kicks Rintra out um, and goes out for a walk with Ime, who we learn is also uh, caught up in the snap, which um, you know leads to Rintra coming home. Basically, Um, I believe Topaz is also um, killed in it from uh, last episode. Just you know, basically all the non Doctor Stranges and Rintra from our standard cast are uh, are 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 killed by Thanos um, in the first issue. Just FYI, Drew. Yeah. Everybody's dead. Got <laughs> So we see Doctor Strange um, as Rincher looks on. Rincher's doing a lot of looking on in the course of the Infinity Gauntlet, it seems like. Um, but we see Doctor Strange um, try to bring the Silver Surfer back to life. Um, he gets caught, pulled into his mind, and the two of them sort of fight a little bit in the Silver Surfer's mindscape, which then leads to Doctor Strange sort of traveling back in time to um, the Silver Surfer's pre-Silver Surfer days, the Norin Rad days. And then we just sort of get a Doctor, uh, sorry, a, a Silver Surfer origin story, I guess, one that we've seen, or one that has been seen quite a bit, um, Silver Surfer. You know, the Silver Surfer's origin, perhaps not retold as often as Doctor Strange's, which gets retold quite a bit. But, yeah. Um, certainly up there. Like, uh, you know, Norrin Rads on this, uh, is on his, uh, plant, on, on his home world, and they can sort of get anything they want whenever they want, basically. Um, and because of that, he is, um, he's dissatisfied with life because everything's too easy, basically. Like, you know, he can't even enjoy his cool girlfriend, Shalabal, because, like, it's all too easy and stuff, you know? Because, like, Z- Zedla is just a planet of lotus eaters and crazy Jack Kirby tech, basically. <laughs> oh, no. My name's Norn Red, and everything's too easy. So, ba, 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 ba. That's right. Um, yeah. Luckily, it's that uh, spirit that actually semi helps him out when finally Galactus comes, Drew. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's a standard story. Of like you know Norrinrad offering to become Galactus's herald, um, in place, and so that uh, Galactus won't eat, um, won't eat Zenla and stuff, and then eventually coming to Earth and blah 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 yakety schmackety. Um, mm-hmm. you know, 
the Silver Surfer's pretty bummed about this in general. I mean, of course, Silver Surfer, one of the whiniest of superheroes. You know, that's a pretty standard part of his character, Drew. I feel like you, I, I, I feel like everyone's aware of that. <laughs> oh, I, I have uh, covered this a lot. I've yeah. said it a lot. Yeah. So, you know, he's in his, one of his usual funks. Um, Doctor Strange does uh, a cla- the classic uh, It's a Wonderful Life move, <laughs> which is basically <laughs> um, just if he had, shows him what would happen if he had died during the process of becoming the Herald and becoming the Silver Surfer. And it sort of shows him Galactus like destroying um, Zenla, and then just sort of explaining how instead of uh, the how the Silver Surfer was able to direct Galactus towards planet that were rich to worlds that were rich in energy but not in life, instead Galactus goes through and just eats a lot of uh, populated worlds, including Earth and stuff like that. You know? Um, oh dang! Yeah. And just, you know, basically like, hey, like, you've, you know, you've accomplished more than most, um, Silver Surfer. Like, geez, you know, like, you don't even, like, I mean, we didn't have to even talk about, like, um, how many home loans you refinanced to explain why you're important in the galaxy. You know what I mean? <laughs> just to kind of go back to why it's a wonderful life stuff. <laughs> um, but so, it, it, it works, all right? You know, suddenly everybody's raised all the money to uh, fight uh, <laughs> to fight Thanos, and they sing Christmas carols at uh, Nor- at uh, the Silver Surfer's uh, um, um, house or something. But, uh, oh, jeez. Everything's still here. Though oh. I, <laughs> I found Shalabal's petals. Blah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so he's ready to keep fighting, and so we uh, continue on you know, jump back into uh, Infinity Gauntlet 1. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the uh, the final part of this uh, thing is part of a, a sort of a continuing story for um, the Book of the Vashanti section of these Doctor Strange comics. This one's the Book of the, Vish- of the Vashanti, A Gathering of Fear, Part 1. Roy Thomas and Jean-Marc L- uh, Lossifer writers. Larry Alexander Pensler, Tony DeZuniga Inker, Clem Robbins Letters, George Russo's Colorist. Um, and you know, this, like all of these Book of the Vishanti sections have basically been Roy Thomas, like reaching back into his knowledge of Marvel lore and trying to unify things together, basically. Um, right, just by, you know, saying, by the way, this is all the stuff that you might have missed. And Yeah, in this case, it's basically we're bringing together, we're at the Dweller in the Dark's, um, place. Like his, like, uh, I guess, like, studio apartment in the back corner of Fear, basically. Um, and he's having a house party with all of the Fear-associated uh, Marvel super, uh, super characters, essentially. Um, as always happens, because all these guys are, su- are pretty dang obscure. Um, they have a big, just... Like like these next couple issues are gonna are mostly people giving their backstories essentially. Um, we start with the lurking unknown, who's like a Thor villain basically. Um, there's a guy called the Scarecrow, who's a very minor dude and actually more of a hero. So that like he sort of ends this gathering, he sort of leaves this gathering of fear guys by basically saying like, "Hey, stay off of Earth, you guys are jerks." And the rest of the fear guys gonna be in like, "Oh, okay, I guess whatever." Um, there's also, uh, what? Kalakaku? Kalaku? There's, uh, it sounds like that there's four K's in it, Drew. It's terrible. K-K-A-L-L-A-K-K-U. And he's kind of a, kind of a horse squid crab guy, I guess. (laughs) 
like he's got yeah. he's got like um, a he's got like a horse face and like kind of a crabby body, but then like tentacles, I guess. I don't uh, know. There's a lot going on with this guy. There's a I've... lot going on with him. He's fought the Silver Surfer. He fought like the Thing and a and a and a weird Captain America and stuff like that. Um, but you know, basically, he's just another fear guy. All these guys are fear guys from various layers of the uh, of the Marvel Comics universe. And uh, we'll get to why this is important uh, at some point in the future, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, good, good times. So let's go to um, our next up in the Infinity Gauntlets, Infinity Gauntlet 2 from August 1991. Um, I like this one just because it's this big, um, it's like, you know, Thor, Cap, and uh, She-Hulk. And I guess Vision, too, at, like, the big uh, Avengers supercomputer. And as we see Doctor Strange sort of fighting Adam Warlock, there's also this big, like, array of pictures of people who were confirmed disappeared in the, uh, in, in the snap, basically. Um, but it's good times. Um, Thanos shows up. He, uh, there's an opening thing that ends, that, that, uh, the, the uh, opening splash page says, uh, let nihilism reign supreme, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> so dark, man. You're so it's, dark. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> if you really <laughs> want to think about it, you know, it's very, um, very Big Lebowski. Like, you know, <laughs> at least Dr. Doom believes it. At least Dr. Doom has an ethos, Thanos. Like, come on. <laughs> so this story is called From Beyond. Uh, Jim Starlin writer, George Perez pencils, Joseph Rubenstein inker, Jack Morelli letters, Max Shield inkers, Craig Anderson editor, Tom DeFalco editor-in-chief. And in this one, we basically are seeing the effect of... Uh, it's basically like the uh, like the after-the-credits part of... Um, of Infinity War, the movie, where there's just sort of like the effect of just half of everybody dying, having a big deal. In this case, like it's all all this, all the Avengers teaming up to uh, save a 747 that where both the pilot and the co-pilot di- uh, di- di- disappeared. Wow, and, that's a terrible um, luck. You know, it's pretty bad. Yes, yeah, so they kind of had to like guide it down, and basically comes down like right in front of like St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City and stuff like that. Um, yeah, good good stuff though. Um, you know, She-Hulk ripping off the door and Vision in, um, flying through intangibly to find somebody um, injured in first class and stuff. Um, meanwhile... That's because that's uh, uh, Thor gives the first class treatment. Well, I mean, you know, Thor is the, ma- the main stuff. But more on that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We see uh, Quasar's alter ego be called by his um, mighty uh, boss, Eon, who's this giant uh, space head, basically. <laughs> um, and that's complicated. We also see the Krees sort of responding to the loss of everybody. Um, and at least a, a brief um, uh, uh, mention of uh, Doctor Strange talking to Hank Pym about stuff happening around town, essentially. Um, you know, Hank says he's got to go see the Avengers. Um, and Doctor Strange is sort of planning next steps for stuff when suddenly his astral form is ripped out of his body and he goes flying into the yellow space. Whoa, it's yellow, Drew. <laughs> oh, it's so yellow. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and it's basically like, uh, you know... <sighs> It's 
like to me it's pretty clearly Adam Warlock, but it's hard, you know, you can maybe you might not know automatically, but it's clearly some dude with glowing eyes and a lot of yellow based powers telling Doctor telling Doctor Strange that um, you know, he's going to be coming soon and he's going to, you know, he, and, and and he's going to need Doctor Strange's help to uh, undo the current uh situation essentially. Um at the same time because of that massive um power surge that ripped his body out and stuff he's attracted the attention of another uh powerful medical practitioner i speak of course of dr doom uh yes the uh the the board certified uh doctor of doom yes that's yes, right of course uh-huh. yeah gonna, gonna be a lot of dr doom on the podcast the next couple episodes and i am stoked about it Woo! yeah no one um, and no one should dare tamper with what belongs to Dr. Doom. <laughs> Basically, Dr. Doom is like, hey, I was going to kill all the, all these people. What the hell? Hey, <laughs> no, I, I don't was going to wipe out half the universe. That I was do, my job, not I, yours. Yeah, I do not appreciate it. Um, meanwhile, um, on Saturn, the Titans are like, oh, well, listen, it's Thanos. We got to figure it out. Um, let's go talk to Thanos. <laughs> Uh, Star Fox finds himself there suddenly and you know basically Thanos just sort of shows him how outclassed he is he gets freaked out by seeing uh, Nebula all uh, tortured and being suspended and is all weirded out by death being there um, and like sort of giving Thanos the cold shoulder still Listen, man, there's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Indeed. Um, you know, Star Fox um, sort of bitch, sort of yells at Thanos for killing their dad. And Thanos is like, yeah, listen, like sometimes you got to you got to do this stuff when you're killing half the half the universe. Um, sometimes a, a guy's got to commit uh, patricide, especially when your dad has like special powers over you and stuff like that, too. Um, yeah. Because the Titans are complicated. Star Fox tries to use his powers of um like ma- of of, uh, of endless charisma on Thanos, and it almost works until Thanos remembers stuff and then uses his uh, use the gauntlet to erase Star Fox's face or mouth off his face, and it's real cool. <laughs> I have no mouth, and I must scream. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, yeah. he's totally Harlan Ellison in this uh, this situation, you know. Yep. And that's basically how it is. Like you know, Thanos is all powerful, so you know he can cease annoyances as they as they start to happen. You know. Yeah. We cut back to the Avengers as um and basically you see see a big butcher's block of who is all disappeared and stuff just to give you know this is really just to give us a sense of who's going to be showing up and who isn't in the course of this story um checking it out you definitely see a lot of mutants are not going to be in the story the whole fantastic four is gone as well um I know. have a small complaint here yo uh what's black cat doing up there I mean, I get you know, I get that she's not really a like an actual villain, but yeah, she does kind of fall into the villain category. And she's super street level too, just in terms yeah. of like, um, like 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 people who you would lo- who you you would want to show up, you know, like Daredevil's yeah. kind of like that too, where it's like okay, but like I don't know if he's if he would actually be that helpful if you wanted to come, you know, like no offense. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
like the man without fear. I don't know how much he's gonna be able to do against Thanos. No offense, buddy. I also love uh, Black Panther's awesome collar. Um, like yes. he, he's got the oh, jumpsuit God, yeah. with, with yeah. the pop collar with like his half cape and his pop collar. Yeah, it's so good. Super solid. Anyhow, the rest yeah. of the most of the rest of the Avengers have shown up, and they're just sort of figuring out the uh, figuring out the damage. There's an interesting thing here that I don't know a ton about, but basically, like uh, Thor is apparently a replacement Thor and is uh, self conscious about that. I guess. Um, but it um, Thor having misgivings about things leads us to something I think is really dang cool, which is basically in Asgard, all of the um, all of the top deities have uh, banded together and are having a big like a summit, basically. Yeah, so like it's a meeting of the gods, it's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. There's like you know Odin's leading it, of course, but there's like uh, Manitou from Native Americans, uh, uh, Svarog from Russia, uh, Tetzel. Uh, Texco uh, Topka, I guess. No, I'm saying that's yeah. super wrong. From uh, the Aztecs, Zeus, um, it, Itzamawa from uh, the Mayans, Osiris from Egypt, and uh, Nuada from the Celts. And they're basically all the Sky Father gods. And they're like, hey, yeah, like we're gonna take out this Thanos guy, you know? <laughs> like we're the we're the top gods, and it's time for us to fight back, which I think is really neat. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna kick down the door and they're gonna march out just like chanting gods, 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 gods. <laughs> yeah, great. well, they, I like how they call themselves all the Sky Fathers, just because there's a ton of like you know it's a pretty common thing in a lot of uh, especially like uh, pantheist religions of like the uh, you know of the of the of the one of the top gods being the one of the sky. So all the guys that are the sky gods coming together, you know, they got a lot in common. They're gonna go do some they're gonna go do some cool stuff. Um, you they're know. gonna they're gonna go hop in the Trans Am and you know. Take care of some stuff. <gasps> totally. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, c- check in quickly with Quasar, who's just sort of flying through space, waiting for stuff to happen. And then to Pip the Troll, tr- uh, smoking cigars and drinking beers in the hotel room, when finally Adam Warlock uh, cr- uh, um, awakens from his cocoon, essentially. <laughs> but not before... Doctor Doom has showed up at the Sanctum Sanctorum with a bunch of Doom bots, beaten up Doctor Strange and taken him captive, and now sort of wakes uh, wakes up and sort of stands over the Silver Surfer as he wakes up from his nap, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I really appreciate how just outclassed Doctor how Doctor Doom has outclassed everyone here. Just like yeah, listen. Yeah. Like I'm no, no. Doctor Doom is like you know serious. Yeah, I'm still a big deal, even though Thanos is here. You know, he's like yeah. trying to get Doctor Strange to explain what's going on when his Doom bots get destroyed by a mysterious force with yellow word bubbles, and indeed, it's Adam Warlock and Pip. Good times. Excellent. Back at the uh, at the Death Temple, we see that uh, Star Fox has joined Nebula in being tortured. By Thanos, looks like he's added in some like uh, te- eye and mouth tentacles that are very gross. <laughs> it's weird and gross and weird, and I'm glad that they didn't do this in the movie. Indeed, if anything, Death is is getting more pissed by all this stuff. Now she's like wishing that Uber had been invented so she can get home. At the, it, it seems like <laughs> in 1991, <laughs> you know, Thanos is just super nuts. We got a real good, uh, crazy Thanos um, picture at the end of this of this page. That's real nice. He's like looking over his. Looking down his breast place at uh, Star Fox and just real looking real ugly. A lot of weird, you know, irregular sized teeth, which is a good sign of insanity. Um, yeah. 
so Adam Warlock is talking to uh, Rint, uh, Rintra, Surfer, and the Doctors and just sort of laying out what the whole situation is and that he has a plan to take care of Thanos. But basically, everybody is going to have to do what he says, and no one's going to, and no one should ask a lot of questions, basically. <laughs> and Dr. Doom basically says, fine, like, I'll join so long as I can wet my beak by doing evil stuff on the sidelines of all this. And no one has any choice but to say yes, essentially. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, we cut back to um, Thanos continuing to torture uh, uh, Nebula and Star Fox. He gives Nebula the old uh, unroll like a bunch of uh, of a paper, and Star Fox gets very cubist. So they did do this in the movie, and I'm really happy that they did. Yeah, it's cool. Like you know, I can control all aspects of reality. So watch me like just sort of torture people for it. Yeah. I love, but and then there's a really awesome moment where he's like, "Oh, look at me torture these guys! What that? You don't like that? What's 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 the matter? What do I gotta do?" <laughs> <laughs> um, like I Why tortured don't you like me torturing people. God, I, I tortured him real good. Like there's no pleasing some people. At this point, Thanos gets so pissed by this that he, uh, like you know, there's a flare up of like his um of the gauntlet, and it's a massive shock wave traveling through the universe that just destroys everything. Um, we see I I like how they show it being on a galactic scale by basically um Galactus seeing it all happen and being like. Well, dang, now I gotta go to a whole other like quadrant to find something to eat. I'm hungry. You know? oh, man, I was gonna I was gonna eat that and now He was like I was I was gonna eat all this. You know, he's like he's, he was like a guy that was like about to walk into a uh into one of those like all you can eat pizza places and that just blew up right in front of him. He's like, Ah oh, oh. You know? Oh, now I gotta go to the place across town. This is terrible. Oh. I'm really hungry. <laughs> Meanwhile, like we 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 cut now to uh to um cloak being all sad that uh dagger's gone, which is actually like a big thing just because he needs dagger to also to like uh, absorb his dark um, emanations and stuff. So it's really not, yeah, no, not good so that he she's there. Needs her to live, which is yeah. Well, I mean, that starts to become possibly not as big a problem when a massive earthquake hits all of Earth. Basically, this force field, this force wave hits all of the planet Earth and just causes a massive, like, 8.2 on the Richter scale earthquake that hits New York. Buildings crumble. Um, a, mother and, a, a mother and child almost get crushed, but they're saved at the last moment by Wolverine! 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 <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I saved you now, but let's see if that's a big factor, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure if I did you any favors by saving you. Yeah, Iron Man's in deep space doing uh, science stuff when he gets hit by it. Goes blasting back into the Earth, in the Earth's atmosphere, arriving above the West Coast just in time to see all of California fall into the Pacific Ocean. Which, That's as right, man. yeah, as a former Californian, I don't appreciate California being destroyed at any time. As, um, as a current California native, I really don't appreciate it. Indeed, yeah, I managed to catch it, catch up with a uh, with a Quinjet where the remainder of the uh, West Coast Avengers um, are surveying the damage. Um, and the same shockwave has hit Asgard, causing massive destructions, destroying the Bifrost Bridge, and trapping all the Sky Fathers in uh, Asgard, which is under 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 effect under um, assault. You know, it's rough, and they like they all the you know gods got in their Trans Am. They start cranking the engine, and it just kind of you know whirs, and then just. 
putters out. I love this metaphor. Also, Drew, I forgot to mention it before, but the greatest uh, line in this and possibly any comic is um, Odin um, talking about uh, the snap and the vanishings. And he says, I, great Odin, didst witness half of my people vanish in the twinkling of the eye, uh, of an eye, the ceremonial eye patch of sorrow I did I dawn immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, crap, half my people died. I got to put on my serious eye patch. Oh, uh, time to put on the morning eye patch. Yeah. There we go. We see uh, Namor fly, swimming through the oceans as the massive earthquake, you know, upbeds the sea beds and causes, like, massive underground underwater volcanoes. Um, Namorita is hanging out on Atlantic City when a huge typhoon comes and just swamps the whole place. We see uh, Trump Atlantic City completely covered in the waves, which, uh, you know, yeah, fine. Yeah. Although, you know... She's only able to save two people, which doesn't seem like much. We see Namor flying over Japan, and Japan is no more. <laughs> like, literally. Uh, like, there's just ocean where there used to be Japan. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's terrible. Um, and we also see, you know, in the cracked and crumbling Avengers base, just, um, you know, a general call and communications with different superheroes, you know. Um, I'd say the big one is we do see uh, Vision talking to the Inhumans. There's also, like, uh, Spider-Man and, and uh, Cloak on the, on the horn and stuff. Um, you know, basically just the whole world is in the midst of destruction, you know, the only thing that managed to survive uh, mostly intact is uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum because Dr. Strange managed to get that spell of protection up in time because he's it's, on the spot, yeah. buddy. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, something. Yeah, it was an earthquake. Some, and uh, Pip says humorously, something got God teed off. And Warlock's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you got to be careful about these jokes. Uh, so with the, uh, well, I mean, it's interesting, I guess, that we're spending, I feel like we're spent, like in this issue, we spent way more time on like and impressing upon everybody the sadness of this massive um, earthquake and power surge from Thanos. Then honestly, we did with, um, with the murder of half the gal of half the universe, I guess. I don't know. Oh. I mean, you, you okay? Like they're dealing with uh, successive like tragedies yeah. all at once. That's true. So, like, you know, oh, I half got... the universe is gone. Oh crap! Now there's this huge, huge uh, earthquake. Oh, now there's tidal waves. Oh man. Yeah, I guess it's it's easier to show crazy tidal waves than like the angst of like you know half of everybody disappearing or something like that. Actually, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Anyhow, let's go to uh, Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme number 32 from August 1991. Um, Silver-tongued devil. Roy and Dan Thomas writers. Uh, Chris Marion Penciler. Mark McKenna Inker. Pat Russo letterer. George Russo's colorist. Mike Rockwitz editor. Tom DeFalco editor-in-chief. So, we're, ba we're right at the end of, uh, of Infinity Gauntlet 2, basically. Um, you know, 8.2 on the Richter scale, all that stuff. Um, just barely survived due to a rapid protection spell. Um, I like village leveled, completely leveled. Doctor Doom poured himself a glass of wine, as you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's and, probably sitting there being like, "Well, I was going to do that too," and this guy keeps stealing my moves. 
what what's we, next yeah well we first we got a flashback so what's before to the end of last episode where Clea basically woke up from dr strange's sleep spell and was like hey like don't put me in sleep spells you're a jerk and she disappears um, um it basically says like hey like you're a jerk i'm out of here screw you buddy um we're back in the present and warlock's like hey i've got uh this plan that i want to put into action and while strange pauses momentarily to think like oh like maybe instead of working on this plan i should be um you know checking to see if my if the love of my life uh, clea is alive still <laughs> but he pauses for a minute but basically says that you know he, he he's sorcerer supreme first so we can't be distracted by such petty personal concerns essentially i mean my uh, wife is angry at me but half the universe did get wiped out right so. and in the end like figuring out if she's alive or dead is more impo- is a less important than making sure that everybody is alive or dead essentially um Rintra, with the help of Pip, decide to head out to try to uh, find Clea on their own, uh, dis- dis- uh, disguising themselves as regular humans. They head to Central Park, where there is, you know, as would probably happen if half of everybody died or disappeared even, uh, a, a street preacher has started, uh, you know, preaching fire and brimstone. Says that uh, God has smited us because we have sorcerers and purveyors of black magic in our mix. Most Uh-oh. notably, Doctor Strange. And at this point, Uh-oh. we see that this guy is clearly Silver Dagger. C- common Doctor Strange villain. We've seen a couple big stories with him. You know, got the white hair. Got the evil magical dagger. Um, You know, got a lot of religious stuff that has to do with killing wizards and stuff like that. Eye patch, <laughs> armbands, gloves, uh, crop yeah. top. Yep. That's Definitely. Silver Dagger, right? Silver, yeah, I mean, the eye patch is new, but the uh, midriff bearing costume is not. This guy used to be a Catholic priest, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, uh, he's got to you know, show off those damn abs, because... Yeah, know. I mean, listen, he's buff. We can all agree with it. Um, Sun's out, guns out, man. Sun's out, guns out. Always. Rintra yeah. gets kind of close and ends up getting clubbed by one of Silver Dagger's goons, at which point uh, Silver Dagger, you know, seems to know him and, um, like, sort of yells at him in a biblical way, you know, just sort of out he's a sinner and stuff like that. Rintra disagrees and says that, like, Doctor Strange is good and no black magician. I'm one of his assistants, at which point Silver Dagger plays his trump card, which is that uh, Rintra is, of course, a uh, minotaur in human form. So, when he transfers back, so when Silver Dagger removes his uh, magical disguise, ooh, it just looks real bad because he's kind of demonic looking. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, all those things I was just saying, they don't really mean anything anymore, do they? I mean, they mean something, ooh. but they're also like, you know, the the messenger can be as important to them as the message, Drew. I think we all agree with that. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Of course, of course. Yeah, uh, so they just so uh, Rintra and Pip deciding that uh, talking has failed. It's time for everybody's favorite plan B, which is just sort of start punching everybody. But that plan doesn't go well either because uh, Silver Dagger reveals that beneath his eye patch, he's got crazy silver eye beam. It's oh no! Cool. Yeah, things are looking bad until, of course, Doctor Strange shows up. Now. Here's where we got to reach back to some Doctor Strange stuff that I don't know if you remember, Drew. It's even it's hazy even for me. But so remember that time that Doctor Strange lost his eye and it was full of like evil energies and stuff? I do recall this, yes. He had a cool eye patch or whatever. And yeah. then eventually he went to the world of um 
Agamotto, and he got a replacement eye. This was right when Roy Thomas took over writing the story again. Right, because they had to do, you know, the typical comic reset where they put everything back where it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in this case, it was revealed that actually his eye was on loan from Silver Dagger, which is why he has an eye patch now. Uh-huh. And he's basically saying that, hey, like, you know, Agamotto said that I gave it willingly, but that's a lie, but you can't trust that Agamotto. Like, I want, I, I, I miss that eye. And just so you know, I've been going through various uh, adventures, missing one eye and being all evil recently. So now I'm out for revenge because I managed to find something to put in this empty socket, empty eye socket. Uh, evil lasers. Yes. No, 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 buddy. Okay, oh. so let's go even further back into Doctor Strange history. <laughs> All right. Do you remember the first time Doctor Strange beat Dormammu and he leveled up like 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 a video game character, like getting yeah. like a new amulet of Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, the original Eye of Agamotto, his first amulet, is uh, in Silver Dagger's skull acting as his new eye. <laughs> oh. Oh. So now oh. he's got crazy Eye of Agamotto um, powers that, you know, basically personify itself as um, silver eye beams, basically. Um, so, you sure. know. No, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So t- time for a magic fight. Standard beam fight, Drew. You know, I was uh-huh. like a beam fight. It's a, No, beam fight's good. You yes. know, it's like, oh, no, he's losing. No, no, he's winning. Oh. Yeah. Silver Dagger's eye beam versus uh, Doctor Strange's uh, collar beam. <laughs> Um, but Silver Dagger's got the ace in the hole, which is that he also brought a knife to this beam fight. So he throws the dagger at Doctor Strange, and Strange is like, oh, like, if I take, if I try to defend myself from the dagger, then the beam will get me, but the dagger will kill me, too. It's real tough, until from the sky, the, d- the dagger is destroyed, because Clay has showed up! Hooray! <laughs> Like, I'm still pissed at you, Steven, but uh, I'm not going to let you die. Yeah, and I like how um, Clay is like, yeah, listen, like, you know, I came to see if you're okay because I care about you because, you know, even if you are a jerk to me constantly, we're still in love, and I ca- and I wanted to see if you were okay, unlike some people, namely you, who didn't. <laughs> so, I-beam stuff keeps happening, it's going real crazy. Eventually, though, Silver Dagger, the uh, Silver Dagger's eye beam turns into a big uh, magical cage as um, the Alice from Wonderland hookah caterpillar of uh, Agamotto himself appears. And it's basically like, uh, oh, hey, like, strange. I see you found Silver Dagger. Uh, I'll take him off your hands. It's like, I got this, man. You got other things to be dealing with right now. So, uh, here you go. I mean, he doesn't even mention it. Like, that's the big big thing here, (laughs) is that... Agamotto okay, doesn't mention that um, what's just what, what what's happened with Thanos, and Doctor Strange doesn't ask Agamotto for like some direct help with this stuff. <laughs> I, uh... Yep, nope, just don't worry about it. Um, yep. Doctor Strange, em- Doctor Strange, and Clea embrace, and they uh, prepare to head out to the next part of the Infinity Gauntlet. Good times. Meanwhile, we go to the second part of the Book of Ashanti here, uh, the A Gathering of Fear Part 2. Roy Thomas and Jean-Marc Lossifer writers, Larry Alexander Pensler, Tom, uh, Tim Zahn Inker, Clem Robbins Letters, George Russo's colorist. And we're continuing this gathering of the Fear Lords. They talk amongst themselves. Um, you know, just yeah. more fear stuff. 
<laughs> uh, we meet Nox, who was a Greek goddess lady who fought various goddesses and possessed various demons and stuff like that. Um, we meet, uh, uh, we get reintroduced with, uh, Despair, who is always a favorite of mine just because he's so lame. I remember one time, like, uh, one of the other fear guys just pulled him out of the shadows. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know. They both sort of, co- uh, Nox and Despair both sort of commiserate over getting their asses kicked by, uh, by Man-Thing a couple times, you know? Oh, it's yeah. a powerful Man-Thing. You gotta be careful about it. <laughs> um, then, uh, my buddy Nightmare shows up and is like, yeah, you guys are lame, man. I'm Nightmare. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm the second half of the characters that are cooler in uh, in Sandman in this uh, Infinity Gauntlet storyline. All right. <laughs> um, he kind of yells them all for being lame. They're like, dude, you only attack people when they're asleep. Like, that seems pretty lame, too. And he's basically like, nuh-uh. <laughs> nuh-uh. I'm way cooler than that. Yeah. Which leads everybody to start talking to the Dweller in Darkness and, like, what the deal is with this whole meeting now that we've sort of all given everybody their our, our backstories. And... Uh, the Dweller in Darkness is like, yes, I do have an idea, which is why I brought you all here today. And so this story, and this story ends with saying, next, the plot, which is a real kind of cell phone double meaning of like, one, yes, it's going to be the Dweller in Darkness's plot. But also, like, finally, this story is going to get a plot instead of just people be telling their backstories. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. This, in turn, takes us to our final part for the Infinity Gauntlet this time. Infinity Gauntlet 3, September 91. And this is the call to arms. It's got the, you know, it's got the cover that presumably was what everyone was thinking of the second that this story was pitched, which was just a giant uh, image of just all of the involved Marvel superheroes um, in a big, in a big group sort of rushing out to fight, essentially. So this story is called Preparations for War. Uh, Jim Starlin writer, George Perez pencils, Joe Rubenstein inker, Jack Morelli letters, Max Scheel with Ian Laughlin inkers, Craig Anderson editor, Tom DeFalco editor in chief. We're all still, yes, we're all still here, it says. Uh, no one's bloody, no one's dropped off in the middle of making this uh, limited series. And meanwhile, at the uh, Temple of Death, Thanos has written his name in planets above the temple, which is real amazing. It's 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 sure something. I mean, I inch yeah, like it's definitely um. What do I want to say? Hmm. It's an interesting addition to the um, monument you are supposed to be making for that girl you like to also write your name above it really big. Yeah. <laughs> um, like i i like this girl but i'm gonna write my name above this thing exactly um it's it says a lot of things it's true we see thanos you know mid torture of a star fox he's he's getting real conceptual and like a cubist at this point um and it's busy Uh, like moved into his blue period Mm, indeed yes i've been torturing these guys for so long and death still isn't into me how can it work um (laughs) What am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, in the S.H.I.E.L.D. satellite, a scientist has found something really disturbing and rushes to present it to Nick Fury. Basically, he explains that the shockwave has knocked Earth out of its orbit around Earth. We're slowly drifting away from the sun, and that Uh-oh. ain't good for nobody. Uh <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Sanctum Sanctorum, um, basically Adam Warlock's made his plans, and it's time to get going into the next section. So um, they all teleport away, leaving Rintra behind. See you, buddy. <laughs> 
Uh, hold down the fort, Rintra. Exactly. They teleport to the command center of the Avengers. Always helpful. Um, with which point Adam Warlock basically says that um, he's been, re- you know, he basically says, hey, I've been reincarnated. Dr. Doom's on our side. I'm raised in an army to fight Thanos. You guys are uh, group one. What do you say? <laughs> How's we, about it? We're going to go do a thing. Definitely. We cut to just um, more terror in New York City. We see a Black Widow saving, like, you know, a baby from a burning building, as you do. She tries to go back to save someone else who's hanging out of a window. But as she does, the whole place collapses right on top of her. And it's just like there's so much going on that, um, you know... These heroes can't keep up with it, you know. Like they they do their best, but even superheroes can't save from this save people from this level of devastation. Uh, we see Doctor Strange basically opening up a portal that is a universal um, recruiting drive for this army. And coming through, we get a bunch of uh, all stars joining the team: Iron Man, Spider Man, Wolverine, Drax the Destroyer, Fire Lord, Nova, the Submariner, and Cloak, as well as Cyclops and Scarlet Witch. Because whatever, <laughs> whatever. Cyclops. Yeah, and Scarlet Witch is here, and also Cyclops, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, good going, buddy. Nice yeah. uh, X suit. Um, they are having some recruiting problems, though, because the Hulk does not want to join until basically um, Cap and uh, Iron Man basically say, like, all right, listen, like, if you join this, then we'll uh, let you rejoin the Avengers, because whatever. And um, he's like, fine, I'll come. That'll do for now. We'll hash it out later. Um with their army complete, though, they'll still have to wait because they got to get things just right in time for Adam Warlock for Adam Warlock's plan. Um, so, with some pause, there's definitely time for some infighting as Doctor as Doctor Doom does the classic move, which is a uh, hey, like we're a whole bunch of different people. Sounds like somebody should be in charge of all this, and I think it should be me. <laughs> because what um, Doom says goes. Yes. That's right. Uh, Captain America immediately starts uh, measuring um, testicular fortitude with Doctor Doom. The two of them get nose to nose and in each other's face and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and eventually, um, Doom relents for the moment. And Adam's Warlock's like, "All right, we got the mortal guys set up. Now it's time for some cosmic allies." And so he and the Silver Surfer fly through another Doctor Strange portal to parts unknown. Yeah, the far distant corner of the galaxy. <laughs> Spider-Man, of course, is the classic response of, Say what? <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to um, Moon Knight, again, dealing with the, dis- with the destruction of New York City. We see um, a massive oil refinery burning through uh, one of them uh, bridges, like the Brooklyn Bridge or one of them. Um, as other people look on at the Avengers mansion, Cloak feels pretty outmassed by this situation. And Spider-Man's like, hey, like, you know, listen, they probably pulled you in for a reason, right? Sure they did for me. I'm just a, I'm just a Spider-Man. <laughs> um, you know, and it's a, f- I feel like Cloak's got some fair concerns here just because like, you know, most of these, you know, most of these are sort of like big, large stage heroes, like your Iron Mans, your Captain Americas, and stuff like that. These are guys that deal with can deal or Thor's that deal with like galactic threats and stuff. Um, whereas Cloak is way more street level. Same with Spider Man. You know, they're way more yeah. like they're the guys who are beating up, who are still beating up muggers as opposed to supervillains for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Like yeah, Spider Man and Cloak are definitely not 
the type of villains who'd be dealing with like a cosmic threat. Yeah, totally. Uh, but speaking of cosmic threats, um, at, uh, Warlock and Silver Surfer has arrived with Quasar and uh, his head boss. Um, that's a boss. That's a head. Um, Eon deep in outer space where we've got a huge gathering. It's real cool. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah, in the gathering, it's everybody. Our, you know, our our eternal boss, Eternity. Uh, the Watcher, Kronos, the Titan God of Time, Lord Chaos and Master Order, uh, Galactus, the Stranger, Love and Hate, Celestials, Shadow to Marie Sever, and there's even uh, the Living Tribunal, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and they're basically all saying like, hey, we're all the gods in, this, in these here parts. Let's uh, talk about how what we should do with this Thanos stuff. You know, because Thanos is powerful enough to take us all down. So we got to, like, not let him do that, basically, because we don't want to be taken down. Well, yeah, we get, you know, you guys take it taken down. It's kind of the uh, end of the universe. Yeah. So, yeah. Or at least for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's basically what um, what Eternity uh, sort of explains. The Living Tribunal actually uh, um, disagrees. And I love his the way he talks. He doesn't have word bubbles. He's just big green letters. And he's basically, he basically says, like, listen, like, if Thanos kills us all and becomes the preeminent god of the multiverse, then that's just natural selection doing its thing. So I'm out of here. I'm not going to help. I don't care. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, so screw you, living tribunal. Um, at which point, etern- oh, sorry, eternity also leaves, um, presumably to do his own thing to take out Thanos. Um at which point, you know, also, like, uh, the Watcher says he can't get involved because the Watcher, of course, you know, does get involved, at, always gets involved, but has to make a big deal about saying that he's not going to get involved. That's just Watcher stuff. Um, <laughs> Galactus, meanwhile, disagrees because he's like, hey, man, I'm like the big guy. I'm Galactus. I don't take orders. Um, he blasts Warlock with his eye beams and destroys him, but then Warlock appears on his head because he outsmarted him. He's basically saying, like, hey, like, listen, like, you're strong, but I got the smarts. We're going to need a detail, rich, he says, only a richly complex and skillfully executed strategy will survive, will ensure your survival. Time is short, and I have such a plan. Which, little vain, but hey, if you can back it up, then why not, you know? Yeah. Um, so everybody basically, or a lot of people end up, uh, throwing in their lot beside Adam Warlock, uh, Order and Chaos do, uh, Kronos does, as does the Stranger, Love, Hate, and the Celestials as well. Uh, we sort of cut back to the Avengers as Galactus is thinking things over. Um, in the Avengers mansion, we, um, sort of have a moment between She-Hulk and, um, and Vision, um, Mostly just, like, it's basically Vision saying that the chances of them succeeding here are real slim. That the previous times they've defeated Thanos is because there's been something going on with Thanos' plan that they were able to exploit. That basically Thanos, they beat Thanos because he wanted to be defeated and left some, um, some gap in his armor that they could exploit. But this does not seem to be the case this time, essentially. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the study, there's a real great confrontation between Iron Man and Doctor Doom. Um, I love this because he basically says that Doctor Doom is using this crisis as an opportunity to solidify his power base. Right? He says, you're planning on grabbing whatever you can out of this mess and blazes with the rest of humanity. And Doctor Doom just like does shrug emoji and says, that is my way. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Doctor Doom's gonna do what Doctor Doom's gonna do, man. He just goes. He goes full on, uh, like Scorpion riding the frog kind of situation, kind of thing here, which is great. Um, the two of them almost comes to blows, and um, Vision is able to like pause things for a little bit, but it's mostly like just sort of everybody calls for cooler heads to prevail, and sometimes you just gotta let Doctor Doom Doom Doctorly, you know? Um, yeah. At which point, uh, Warlock and the Surfer arrive back at the uh, at the mansion along with Quasar, and are like, "Hey, so like you know, we've managed to figure things out. I um we're about to get going, but I gotta talk to uh, Wolverine real quickly." <laughs> and um, they're like, "Oh, Wolverine's on the roof, but the Hulk's up there. Oh, they they're gonna go kill each other like crazy." But, oh, know. man, they're going to go fight again like they always do. Right, yeah. It could take multiple years if there's anything like Ultimate Wolverine and Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Warlock goes up to talk to them, and we quickly cut back to uh, the Temple of Death, where the Watcher has arrived, um, just sort of hanging out there, you know, doing his watching thing. And I love this because uh, Thanos is like, ah, yes, the Watchers, Watchers showed up. Guess that means it's almost fight time. I'm feeling pretty good about this fight. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, on the Avengers roof, Hulk and Wolverine kind of share a conversation about the two of them kind of being outcast in comparison to the regular um, heroes uh, Marvel hero group, and they I presumably they also commiserate about the uh, the brown color schemes of their uniforms. It doesn't look real super. <laughs> <laughs> but Warlock shows up and basically says, "Hey, Hulk and uh, Wolverine, like you guys are jerks." And you're jerks, and you're jerks in that you'll kill a dude if it becomes necessary, or if you just kind of feel like it. Um, there might be a point in this upcoming mission where we gotta kill Thanos, and I need people who can handle that. And the only other pe- person in this mansion who who would kill Thanos is Doctor Doom, and I just can't trust that guy to handle it. <laughs> so oh, dang. basically, he's saying that you know, if if you get the chance, you got you know. You should definitely, definitely kill Thanos if you can. If you, you see know. your opening, murk him. Yeah. Wolverine goes back to his secret agent days where he says, you want us to sanction Thanos? Um, <laughs> which is pretty good. And yeah, they're basically good. just saying like, you know, yeah, if uh, if it comes to it, do it. Uh, meanwhile, snow starts to fall on New York City in May as the w- Earth moves away from the sun. So... <laughs> Back oh, at the, no. Back at the Skull Temple, Drew. Oh, no. Thanos has finally figured out what it's going to take to get Death to love him, Drew. Oh, no. It's the best way that always works. No, no, no. Listeners, listeners, I am the worst kind of nerd. Um, you, no one should trust me for relationship advice, but this always works. Um, you want to <laughs> use your power gauntlet to create... Um, like a party girl, basically. <laughs> Thanos cre- um, uses all the gems of his Infinity Gauntlet to create essentially a lady Thanos named uh, Taraxia the Terrible. She's got a weird purple, she's got blue skin and a weird purple face like Thanos. Um, and she's like buxom and she just likes to party. She, she's a party girl and she's just looking for a party. And, yes, her touch is warm, and her devotion to me is loyal. (laughs) Oh, this is so weird. She starts kissing on him as Death Death is basically like, this is no good, I'm walking away. And uh, 
Thanos pretends to be like having a great time with Traxia, but instead he watches her go. <laughs> oh, like my jealousy plot didn't work and now I'm super angry. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, He basically says, you know, he's ready for it. Let there be cosmic warfare. Let the blood and entrails of my opponents scrub away my pain and sorrow. So Let he's me basically, just say that I am so glad that they changed, like, the overall storyline for the Infinity War movie. Oh, yeah. Because... What if, uh, what if, uh, what if instead of, uh, 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 having a tearful confrontation with Gamora, instead he'd created a third daughter that was just really nice for once? <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> Anyhow, Thanos was ready to fight. The Avengers are ready to fight. There's a big meeting as, um... As Warlock sort of prepares to send everybody out, Doctor Strange is going to be handling a lot of the command and control parts of this fight. He opens a big gateway to Thanos' world. He also, you know, he'll be able to, if you're injured, he'll teleport you out. He's also casting a spell to let folks breathe in a vacuum um, while they're out there, which is a good just uh, crossing the I's and dotting the T's for this fight. Yep. Um, and he'll just yeah keep in contact between the uh, super, the heroes fighting and uh, Warlock doing the next part of his plan, essentially. Um, and with that, the, uh, Warlock and the Surfer go through first and are sort of like one light year out from the temple, sort of waiting in reserve. And Warlock basically explains that this whole superhero part is essentially a diversion. Um, <laughs> like he expects everyone to die, um, cause Thanos is all powerful. Um, but he's got a larger plan, essentially. That's why he's holding the Surfer back in reserve. Um, everybody else prepares to go though. Um, Pip is counting them down. They all go through diversionary sacrificial lambs. And we end with a super awesome splash page of all these Marvel superheroes flying through a gate to begin to fight Thanos as he stands above above them in uh, these Temple of uh, Death. It's real cool conflict on the first side of the galaxy next time. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So let's finish up, Drew. Finishing up with uh-huh. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number 33, from September 1991. It's, uh, the Alexandria Quatrain. <laughs> uh, Roy and Dan Thomas writers, Chris Marion, penciler, Mark McKenna and friends, inker, uh, Pat Russo, letterer, George Russo's colorist, Mark Rockwick's editor, Tony Falco, editor-in-chief. This one was apparent, was certainly done in real short notice. That's why the inkers are, um, and has, have that end friends in there. Um, <laughs> So this is right after, I guess, the story, you know, right after um, Infinity War 3 or Infinity Gauntlet the 3 ends. Um, we look through this giant Eye of Agamotto where the supers are prepare- are flying in to fight Thanos, essentially. Um, as battle begins, Thanos is like, well, I could just kill all these guys with my gauntlet. But presumably I feel some mystic force watching them. It could probably bring them back to life as I do. So I got to deal with that first. You know, he's got to deal with the support before he can deal with the, uh, with the actual, uh, uh, DPS and tank elements, Drew, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to take out the heals, healers first. That's right. Yeah. Listen, uh, Captain America not doing his proper tank duty. That's all I can say. As uh, Thanos realizes, yes, yeah, shots fired, realizes that it's Doctor Strange, does a symbol, a sink, a symbol, a, a single clap. Which sends shockwaves through the galaxy and eventually hits Doctor Strange so hard that he starts traveling through time. 
Oh dang! <laughs> he gets caught That's up. A in a, clap. Yeah, he gets caught up in a big uh, green whirlpool. Um, he starts getting sucked in. Clea goes in after him, and soon it's just a uh, Pip alone. The two of them go traveling through time and find themselves in ancient Egypt. Um, oh. at the lighthouse of Pharos, basically just in time to see the library of Alexandria uh, destroyed. Oh, wait, I've played this video game. I know where they are. Yeah, hey. this is very, um, very Assassin's Creed Origins going on right now. Um, yep. With, um, it's basically Ptolemy fighting back against Cleopatra and uh, Julius Caesar, the earliest, you know, so, so uh, Cleopatra part one here. Drew. <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't think you were actually on this episode where um, in Strange Tales number one, 124, which is one of the first Doctor Strange stories. Um, hold on just a I, second. Like, it was... Um, actually, I'm sorry, Drew. I just want to double check when this episode actually was. Yeah, this would have... Yeah, you were not here for this one. It was episode two of Stranger by the Dozen. Oh, dang. <laughs> Which was basically this weird story where Doctor Strange found a lady wandering anonymously through the streets of New York City and found out that she was actually Cleopatra, who had been blasted into the future by this evil wizard, Zota. And it was real weird, just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's like, who's this Zota guy? Why is this lady Cleopatra? Whatever. Um, and that was kind of it. <laughs> so, flash forward 30 years, Drew. <laughs> And we've traveled back in time to where Zoda once again um, menaces Egypt. And Doctor Strange once again meets Cleopatra, though she doesn't know him because this is uh, before that version of Cleopatra. That, right. Uh, the, yeah. Before for Cleopatra, but after for Doctor Strange. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a it's a Doctor it's a Doctor Who River Song kind of situation here. Um, yes. Um. Yeah, because she, because Strange knew Cleopatra when she was hanging with Mark Antony, and Mark Antony hasn't showed up because she's still hanging with Julius C- with a Julius Caesar. So anyhow, you know, a lot of mistaken identity and figuring out of um, f- figuring out of who's who. Doctor Strange has to look for a specific mystical thing called the Alexandria Quatrain to uh, help him get back to the present. Um, he's able to find it in a back alley, which was apparently, or in a, sorry, in a, a script depository that is being held by Zota. Um, so, you know, Strange finds the scroll that Zota couldn't. So, but while he's looking through the Dewey Decimal System, Clea, Zota catches, um, Zoda catches Clay in a magic mirror, which he threatens to uh, break if Strange doesn't do his bidding. Strange, meanwhile, fights back by throwing the quatrain, uh, or, yeah, the, the sort of early version of the Book of the Vashanti, essentially, at Zota. <laughs> See, because the scroll drew had a spell on it that kept Zota from being able to find it. And uh-huh. so... Strange figures correctly. There's actually a spell on the scroll that if the unworthy tries to touch it, it will it will defend itself. And ah. Zoda gets blasted by it because he sort of throws it at him. You know, it's sort of the uh, it's the it's this magic book equivalent of when like Thor like puts uh, Mew Mew on top of you. You know, so you can't move because you're unworthy <laughs> enough to move it. You know what I mean? Right, um, right, 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 right. So anyhow. He gets to scroll back, and they're able to get back to the uh, 20th century to do what he's got to uh, use an anchor in the uh, in the 20th century. But he says he's got that all um, 
set up. And well, with one thing and another, they travel back in time. Uh, Cleopatra and, and uh, Julius Caesar have a, have a funny future moment where he's like, uh, who is this Mark Antony? And Caesar's like, someone who you'll never meet, not while I'm alive, which is ironic Hey-o! because they only meet after he dies, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> back in the present, uh, Roy Thomas decides to do just some more... Uh, knitting things together in the Marvel Universe stuff. As it turns out that uh, the uh, they needed a magical anchor, like someone in the 20th century, to sort of be their guide stone to get back to the present. And it was Dr. Druid, Dr. Anthony Druid. All right. You know, who's a clear Dr. Strange clone and says as much here, though he th- theoretically also uh, predates Dr. Strange, but it's a complicated uh, rebranding of characters kind of thing. This guy's Dr. Strange ripoff always will be. Get out of here, Dr. Druid. No one likes you. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, Dr. Strange gets back into the mystic position and, um, you know, that's where we'll pick back up. <laughs> With the uh, Infinity Gauntlet 4 next episode, Drew. But first... Uh-huh. Uh, the Dweller in the Dark said he, it was time to reveal his plot. But actually, no. Instead, we go to the book, <laughs> the book of the Vishanti, A Gathering of the a gathering of Fear, Part 3. Roy Thomas and John Mark Lossifer, writers Larry Alexander Pensler, Tom Zahn, Inker, Clem Robbins' letters, George Russo's colorist. And it's basically the backstory of uh, The Dweller in Darkness. Uh, he started way back in the before times in uh, Atlantis, like the the early like pre-name or Atlantis when they all had like blue skin. And it was like Kroll days and stuff like that. And we kind of see him going through time, eventually uh, fe- uh, powering up various fear-based minor villains, fighting Thor, and then the whole um, Mishigas with Doc- where he fought Doctor Strange. And like, man, we spent like two years with him tormenting Doctor Strange until eventually Strange was like, was like um, worried about his place in the world. And they never actually like crossed paths at all or saw we're in the same scene together. And Strange was like, oh man, like I'm, I'm worried about myself. And Dweller and Dark was like, all right, I win. That's enough. Um, <laughs> it was a weird series. Um, and so, but essentially at long last, everyone said their backstories and the Dweller in Dark says, uh, you and the other Fear Lords, um, if you add your powers to mine, we'll be able to dis- uh, see Earth and perhaps all the cosmos engulfed at long last by the Great Fear, which should have some implications on the Infinity Gauntlet. We'll see next episode. All right. Yeah, and that finishes us off, Drew. Oh, man, real fun stuff. Just crazy cosmic things, little, like, uh, deep dives into stuff with um, Doctor Strange. I thought it was a pretty good series of comics. What do you think? Oh, yeah, totally. I think something... Uh, Yeah, oh, go ahead, please. No, no, no. Yeah, no, it's a good series of comics, and I always appreciate the intense awkwardness of uh, Thanos's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, his, his his romancing of death is real rough. I mean, like I said, it, you know, I remember before Infinity War came out and was sort of talking about what the plot was in the comics, and everyone was being like, that sounds lame. And I was like, yeah, no, it is. Presumably they'll do something better in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is just really, it is a weird, like, comic relief moment almost in this kind of grim story. It's funny that the, the, com- that the, uh, the parts that lighten it up aren't like sort of a funny character or something, but actually Thanos sort of fumbling romantically with death almost, you know? Um, yeah. 
I think um, one thing I think is kind of interesting is the Infinity Gauntlet stories themselves just go from one to another, basically. There's no, like, reference to, um, like, to see how Doctor Strange got the Silver Surfer up and fighting again refer to Doctor Strange 31, you know, or anything like, or any other, I mean, there, there's a bunch of other comics also besides Doctor Strange that have side stories going on right. in the course of the Infinity Gauntlet that just, like, you know, we don't have the time to go through it, you know, that's more for an Infinity Gauntlet podcast. <laughs> or something like that but um you know it's just interesting that the main infinity gauntlet doesn't really like tell isn't it's not telling you to go see those i guess i feel like i've seen comic versions that have been like all right so go see you know captain you know comics x y and z and then come back next month for infinity gauntlet 4 or whatever you know what i mean it's definitely something that marvel does better uh in later crossover series Mm -hmm. yeah definitely Uh, where they say you know go you know here's the main story and then if you want to get like the rest of the story with these characters go read these side comics yeah i'm just it is interesting to see the lack of publicity they're doing for the other comics involved with this story in this one you know yeah but, but uh, I, I think they, I think they learn their lesson uh, later on, uh, as I've seen in later series such yeah. as uh, Fear itself and stuff like that. Yeah, perhaps to their detriment, almost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, do do you have a, a a top moment from these comics we talked about this this, this episode? Every single awkward attempt at by Thanos to get with uh, Lady Death. Awesome. Every single one. Yeah. I love them all. That's fantastic. I think for me. Um, one, I mean, I mentioned one, which was just, uh, Odin putting on his, uh, his morning eye patch is pretty awesome yeah. No, that's, <laughs> just that's as, a, as a silly thing, but I also really like them just sort of traveling around and surveying the damage of like the earthquake and stuff, you know, the, um, yeah. like showing California falling into the sea, Thor flying over the stretch of ocean that used to be Japan and stuff like that are real good, like dark moments and stuff. And then also I do have to agree just, um, all of the times that Thanos does something really terrifyingly villainous, and then he just kind of turns to death and being like, ah? Huh? Ah? Uh? <laughs> just sort of turning his shoulders, like, what do I have to do? <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> do I have to be and, darker? I have yeah. to be darker. And just, again, just the uh, the high school goth um, aspect of Thanos is so funny. It's really great. <laughs> Awesome. All right. If you'd like to contact the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can email us at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com or interact with the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Stranger by the Dozen. Find us on Twitter at Stranger by the Twelve. That's Stranger by the, then the numbers one and two. You can also find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store, or any fine podcast app. During the week, I'll try to put a bunch of uh, images and stuff on our social media platforms, so keep an eye out for that. And then tune in next week as the battle against Thanos really begins as we begin the second half of the Infinity Gauntlet Saga. Woo. Oh, it's going to be good. Yep. Until then, faithful listener, I say, All is right in the heavens, for Thanos possesses the six Infinity Gems. The universe will now be set right, made over to fit my unique view of what should be. Let nihilism reign supreme. My name is Conrad for my co-host Drew. May the Vishanti guide your path and nihilism reign supreme.